Welcome to the Open Source Way. This is SAP's podcast series in which we'll talk about the difference that open source can make. In each episode, we'll talk to a different expert and we'll talk to them about why they do it the open source way. I'm your host, Carsten Hohage, and in this episode, we'll talk to Michael Picht or Michael from the SAP Open Source Program Office about inner source. We'll discuss the advantages of an inner source approach and uh, why inner source should be the default development model for global enterprises and quite a few things around that. My guest, Michael Picht or Michael, works now as a chief architect at SAP. Prior to that, he worked as a developer, software architect, project program and product manager with SAP application development, with a focus on supply chain management, business processes and innovation topics. In the SAP open source program office, he's, his focus areas are processes, tooling and inner source, of course. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the open source way. Hi, Carsten. Thanks for the invitation. You're more than welcome. Uh, before we tackle inner source, is it correct that uh, one of the activities outside of SAP was also or actually had to do with um, sharing with open sourcing information? Is it correct that you are a food blogger? Yes, I'm a food blogger. At least I used to. So I think I stopped um, several years back, but uh, 10 years ago or so, uh, we were quite successful with our food blog. And it was a lot of fun, of course. And food blogging in that case doesn't just mean you posted pictures of food, but you actually posted your recipes, right? Yes, exactly. So I like to be creative, um, also creative when, when I cook. And um, yeah, I cooked. I took pictures before we had lunch then or dinner. And then I posted the recipe together with some pictures. But, uh, but for all I know, um, of course, the recipes didn't go under an open source license or anything. You just simply uh, no, posted no. them. <laughs> yeah. no, no, at that point in time, I was not that much in open source. So I did not know anything about open source licenses. So I just published it. I addressed that first because I happen to know that the open, the actual open source projects you involve in in your um, outside SAP time are rather exotic and may not be as uh, readily understandable as sharing food recipes, right? Yes, yes, they are quite technical and maybe for some people, some a little bit exotic. You're right. Would you care to share them anyway? Uh, so I'm a fan of Arch Linux. So I'm, I'm I'm working on some tooling for the package management of Arch Linux. And then apart from that, I, I work on some other tools that I need, for instance, a music um, conversion program um, and some other stuff. I'm just starting tools um, that I need and they are not on the market so far. So that's how I come to open source projects. So you're competing in many fields, it seems. You're competing with SUSE and Red Hat Linux there, uh, having your own Arch Linux distribution. You're competing with the master cooks of the world by sharing your recipes. And you're competing with the sound engineer of this podcast here by involving in uh, media server software, right? Exactly. Okay, wow. Um, let's maybe turn to our topic, inner source. What exactly do we mean when we say inner source? Uh, so inner source is about um, applying learnings and best practices from the open source world to the in-house development. 
So in practice, this means that um, if, if there is a project team that develops a certain software inside a company, um, this project opens up and is open for contributions from other teams. So traditionally, you have assigned dedicated project teams uh, to, to certain software developments, and, and the software is developed only by, by this team and nobody else. And in an inner source approach, this is more open, and other teams or individuals can contribute bug fixes or contribute features. This is what inner source is about, basically. And via this, you can increase um, the collaboration. Um, so many, many companies um, um, use inner source to increase uh, the collaboration inside the company. Um, you can also avoid um, double development, and uh, you can also increase the reuse inside your company. So many advantages. Okay, I see the advantages for the overall organization. Why the, the people from these other organizations, why would they contribute to projects of others? They are often they are consumers of these teams. So often they use the software of, of these providing team. And many of these central teams, they have resource restrictions because um, they are not only working for one consumer, but for many. And they get a lot of bug reports and feature requests. And due to the resource restrictions, um, they cannot fulfill everything in time. And, and then these consuming teams come in because they are potential contributors. And by contributing, they can, of course, speed up the development of new features and speed up the bug fixing. And so it's it's a win-win situation, in fact. So it's basically they these other contributors they speed up the delivery that is targeted at them, basically. Yes, exactly. Okay. Okay. Cool. Understand that. Um, does that use like all the same tools as open source projects? Then, if it's run in inner source like GitHub and everything, or is it totally different? Uh, no, no, they use the same tools, GitHub, for instance, or GitLab. So you need some collaboration tool. You also need a tooling um, where you can submit um, um, change proposals or pull requests, how we call it, and GitHub or GitLab, because otherwise it would be quite chaotic, because otherwise um, the providing team, if they open up their software, everybody could do the changes. Nobody is reviewing these changes, so this would be quite chaotic. Um, so you need you need some structured process, and to support this, you need some tools. And and um, yeah, contributing teams submit typically a pull request, which is nothing else than a change proposal. And then someone from the um, providing team, um, he or she is then reviewing this pull request. And if this is okay, then this is applied or incorporated or merged into the original project. Okay, so even though that happens within the same organization, also the processes are all the same, or is there still a little bit of a difference to an actual open source project? I think the processes are very similar, if, if yeah, maybe the same, but, but at least similar, because you have this review process in place in order to avoid these chaos that I was talking about, and in order to make sure that the software um, um, remains with a high quality. This is quite important. I guess apart from the fact that as long as you stay within, in our example, SAP, you don't have to worry about licenses, right? Yes, 
That's correct, but there might be companies who have different business units and who need to think about this because if one business unit contributes to to another to a project of another business unit, I don't know. It depends on the on the contracts and on the on the legal setup of. The yeah, contract. okay. I was so, just going to say that's more the legal setup of the corporation or the organization we're talking about. Some are divided up in different limited corporations and so on, rather than being all one. I understand. Okay, cool. And uh, inner source, is that a term that we coined or is it generally called like that or who invented it? Or yeah, It was not an invention of SAP, unfortunately. As far as I know, the term was invented by Tim O'Reilly um, in the year 2000. Um, yeah, and everybody is using it now. So this is really the official term, term for what I just described. So how this is working. Okay. Um, and uh, so this has been around since the year 2000. Is it very widely used like, or is it very limited to the IT, the core IT industry? Uh, it's widely used, not only by IT companies. Um, so many, many companies are using it. Companies, uh, so uh, I don't know, banks and um, uh, broadcasting companies. So from the, from the media area, but of course also IT companies, I think, IT companies were among the first to use this methodology. But as you know, also companies coming more from the traditional industri industries like um, like electrical engineering or mechanical engineering, um, most of their products contain our software. So um, they had to become software companies. And this is, a, this is the reason why they also in the meantime um, use a lot of inner source um, just to increase the collaboration in their company. So okay. if you talk about other companies, these increased collaborations is one of the main reasons, in fact, why they use inner source. But we usually apply that and talk about inner source only when it's about software. It's not like we're seeing companies that inner source the construction plan for the next highway bridge or something, right? Yeah, typically inner source, uh, the term inner source is used in conjunction with software. But the concept of inner source, in my opinion, could also be applied to non-software projects. For instance, we are running inside our company a group called Inner Source Ambassadors, which has a task to uh, drive this topic forward inside SAP. And we are running this also as inner source, and we are not uh, we are not producing software, so this team does not program anything. But we are also driving this in an inner source way because it's a virtual setup; everybody can contribute. So I would also call it inner source. Okay, okay. And can you, just because you said it a couple of times again now, inner source, um, can you just put your finger on what's the difference to a project organization rather than a line organization? What, what, what further does inner source really take it than being a project organization? And I think you refer to these matrix organizations where you have, where you have the line organization and you have the project organization and then... Right. Um, different people from different lines come together. So the management, of course, commits for these people that they can come together and jointly work on a project. This is what we typically call matrix organization. Um, this also can happen in inner source, especially if you have bigger, if you contribute bigger, uh, bigger features to a project, because then you need a certain management uh, commitment also for the maintenance of this feature. Um, 
But um, inner source also happens on a more much more detailed level because every individual can contribute uh, bug fixes or can contribute small features. And maybe maybe the managers of these developers do not even know about that. So you do not need a big uh, management commitment for this. You can also do it on a very small level. This is, this is what I would say is the difference. Okay, so in one term, the no commitment of the resources is the difference. Not necessarily. As I said, for bigger features, if you contribute to an inner source project over a longer period in time, you take over some more responsibility, which might be required for some bigger features, then you need a management commitment for that because otherwise the providing team, so not the, the contributing team, but the team who accepts the contribution, they cannot rely really uh, on the consuming team that they can take over the maintenance. So at that point in time, you need some commitment from the management. But inner source also happened at a much smaller level. Uh, individuals uh, contribute small bug fixes or small features, and then typically you do not need um, a big management commitment. Okay, okay, but I take it from your last words that sometimes or in certain phases, um, the no commitment can be the problem that is included in inner source. Yeah, this can be the problem, yes. Okay. Is there any special phase when this mostly occurs? Yeah, I think it's it's a thing between the um, the team who is providing the software and the team who is con contributing to this project. Mm -hmm. I think they need to align before the contribution happens whether a bigger commitment is necessary or not. Okay. And how about uh, when things go into maintenance? Like when development has finished and we go so, operations. Typically, if we talk a smaller commitment, a smaller contribution, a bug fix or, or feature, um, with the with the so after the review has been passed by the contribution, um, then the team who receives the contribution takes over the maintenance. This is typically the case. What sometimes happens, especially if this is a bigger contribution, then for a limited uh, time, the contributing team needs over maintenance, uh, takes over maintenance. But I think uh, finally, the team who is actually responsible for the project takes over the maintenance. This is what happens typically. Okay, so but you it need really, to... It really depends on the on the size of, of the contribution and, and really on the setup. This is, there's not a one-fits-all answer to this. Yeah, I was just going to say it might be different depending on different setups of the projects. Okay, great. Um, let's maybe turn from the thing to you. You deal with this from out of the open source program office. What is your job? What are your tasks concerning the inner source activities? Yeah, inner source, uh, as I said, inner source takes over some ideas uh, from open source. Um, so um, after we have founded the OSPO two and a half years ago, we took over the thing. And um, yeah, first of all, we built up a network of inner source projects and contact persons. Uh, but because we had some other urgent tasks to do at that point in time, we did not drive it forward very actively. Um, but after some time, teams came to us and said, hey, we heard about inner source and we would like to apply this, but we do not know how this can work and how, how we can start with that. We need some consulting. Can you help us? And then because before that, we had uh, built up our network. We knew a lot of people from inner source projects already. We had a meeting with them and discussed with them, hey, now we get these requests. What can we do about it? 
And then we came up with the idea to start this group, what I already mentioned, these inner source ambassadors, and, and, and run it as also as an inner source project. And via this drive inner source with an SAP forward. And this is what, what we did. So my job is to um, facilitate this, to work together with this group on driving this forward. In practice, this means that we work on how-tos, on documentation, on some guides that we, that we can give development teams at hand, so how they can start with an inner source project, what they need to take care of, some, some checklists, and so on and so forth. Uh, we are doing presentations inside the company to to talk about inner source and to maybe in, inform teams that there is something like inner source that may be beneficial for them. But we also um, um, are in contact with external organizations like inner source commons. We are also doing presentations there. And because this was the original uh, request, we are also consulting teams becoming an inner source project. And this is basically, um, yeah, what, what I'm working on. Okay. And in the end, when talking about these inner source ambassadors, you talked about we, we. So you are, in the end, you're one of the ambassadors yourself. And are you yes. kind of, are you kind of a primus inter pares, a first among equals, or how can we understand that? <laughs> Yeah, first of all, I'm, I'm one of these um, so-called inner source ambassadors. Um, I, I think currently we are a group of 12 people or so. And uh, I, I would not consider myself as a primus inter pares. Um, so, I'm, so we have a weekly sync meeting and, and I'm hosting this. So this is the only special thing that I'm doing. But apart from that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a normal inner source ambassador, I would say. Okay. And now as ambassadors, uh, of course, you said... One of your main roles is consulting for projects that want to do inner source. Are you actively pushing people to, hey, why don't you do it inner source? Or are there automatically enough projects that from within themselves want to do that? Yeah, I think we are doing both. So sometimes uh, we are we are pushing teams, or yeah, what means pushing? We are not we cannot force them, of course. But um, for instance, if you have some central services that are that are offered, some very central software which which is offered inside SAP, then this is always a good candidate to become an inner source project. And sometimes we contact these teams and and ask them, hey, did you ever think about becoming an inner source project? Uh, would this be interesting for you? We can consult you and so on and so forth. This is what we are doing, but also many teams come to us uh, actively and, and ask for support. And then, of course, we have them. And about the projects that are run in resource, how, how do I, like as a potential contributor, how do I find out about them? Yeah, in fact, this, this was one of the um, um, challenges that was reported to us by developers. So last year we did an open source survey inside SAP and we also had some questions about inner source in the survey. Um, and, and one thing that came out was that one of the challenges is for developers to find out inner source projects. And this is what we worked on in the past to improve the situation. So we did basically two things to improve the situation. Um, one thing is in our internal job portal, we have a specific um, position type for inner source projects. So as a project lead of such a project, you could offer a position. You could, could for instance, say, hey, we have this feature that needs to be developed and we assume that it takes a developer 10% uh, of his time over a time period of four months. So, and, and this is the 
description of the position. And then developers can look into this portal, can filter by position types, they can filter for this inner source position, and then they could apply to this if they are interested. This so is one then, thing. Uh, sorry, so, then, so then that that would lead, as you described it now, would lead to the committed contributions as you as we called them before right or would that still be considered uncommitted free inner source this is, yeah so i assume and this is also what we recommend that the developer who applies uh, for such a position aligns with his manager so this is what you call what you would call a committed contribution yes Okay, um, and uh, you named central services like, for instance, what comes to my mind is the, the the kernel services. For instance, are probably a good candidate for something like this. Is that right? Exactly, and this is in fact also one of the teams that we contacted. So um, we we thought in in the inner source ambassador group, hey, the kernel services could be a good candidate to become inner source. And they we contacted them, and and two of these services um, decided now to try it out, um, and they became inner source projects just recently. Mm -hmm. And now they would like to make some experiences, and um, if this is positive, if they are convinced, then I assume that also the rest of the kernel services will become inner source projects. So when you said just recently, we don't have an idea yet if this works or if we are getting sensible contributions here or whatever. Uh, no, they did it. They just did it a few weeks ago. So I would give them, let's say, three or six months um, to mm -hmm. make some experience, and then we can have a discussion with them. And and is that the 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 only type of thing uh, where where we kind of feel, uh, or is that the main characteristic of projects that can be run inner source being a very central service that everyone is in the end using, like the kernel services, or are there totally other projects as well? Um. There are also other pro or there could be also other projects, but these central things they are really a good candidate because they have a, have a lot of consuming teams, and these consuming teams they are all potential contributors. And at the end, if you would like to start with inner source, or if you would like to become an inner source project, you do not only need the project, but um, it's also crucial to have contributors. So therefore, these central projects are always good candidates. Okay, but are there also other examples? Um, let's think about it. Um, no. No? No. Every, at, at the moment, I, I, I do not have good examples for no, this. No, I, I admit at this place that we, of course, talked a little bit before, um, and you mentioned things like a chatbot. Uh, would that also be considered such a central service? Or? Yes. So, so the chatbot, so we have we have this uh, central chatbot tool within SAP, it's called Toby. Mm -hmm. um, and this is also very central because many teams are using it. Um, uh, we have another tool that we use inside SAP, it's called Bridge. It's, it's a framework that offers um, different services for the developers. For instance, you can see the lunch menu in the different canteens, or you can do time recording via Bridge. And it's, it has a highly modular architecture. It, it's, it's based on plugins. And uh, yeah, they get contributions. So they get plugins as contributions, entire plugins. But this is also something I would consider as central. Okay, maybe I was I was I was thinking the wrong way. The kernel central, <laughs> yes, uh, but the kernel services. If I drew it in a simplified architecture, probably very much deep down, and the chatbot is more on the user interaction side. That that was why I was asking about it that way. 
Yeah, okay, this is a this is the difference between both. But um, if if we look from at it from from a reuse perspective, both are very central because many teams are reusing it. Okay, okay, I understand. Uh, where do we stand now that we found we're doing kernel services, we're doing the chatbot, uh, we're doing a couple of other things? Where do we stand as SAP on our way to actually becoming? an inner source organization or an organization that truly embraces inner source, let's put it that way. Yeah, so organization that truly embraces inner source. Um, so I would define this as, um, so, so when when the default development model at SAP would be inner source, then we have reached our goal, I would say. We are not yet there. We made a lot of progress in the recent years. So currently, I think we have several hundred repositories which, which are run Uh, with with an inner source approach, um, so yeah, as I said, we are we made good progress, uh, but we are not yet there. But what I see over the last years, um, the inner source train is um, accelerating. Um, many teams come to us and and want to have consulting. So entire entire development units switch to an inner source approach. Just recently, one of our development units of I don't know 200, 300 people, they switch completely to inner source. So I really see the the um, application of inner source increasing within our company and which one was that that made the complete switch uh it was uh, cx cx i do not know what cx i do not know what this stands for you but, do not um, know what this stands for maybe we should include this into the links under the podcast <laughs> then once we publish yeah. it or something um you have to find out i think it stands uh, for customer experience Customer experience, okay, but that doesn't have to do with UI or uh, that. I think that's... they also, I think they also have UIs. Yeah. Okay. Okay, but for all I know, the the UI department is also the UI five people. They are also doing a lot with inner source, right? Yes, they are one of the pioneers. I would say. I, I think they do inner source since almost 10 years. Um, and they are quite experienced, and also some people from them are members of the Inner Source Ambassadors, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they, one year ago or so, they Inner Source their complete documentation. So um, UI5 is a very basic um, UI technology, which is used by, by many SAP applications. And, and so these applications are, as I said already, potential contributors, and the Inner Source team wanted especially to improve the documentation by... Um, by taking into account the contributions from the users by the consumers. And this worked out quite well. With, by which we have now also established that inner source is not always only about sources, as in source code, but also sometimes about documentations and collateral products, basically? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, we have we have to distinguish here documentation. So the what the, the example that I just made, um, UI five documentation. This was so to speak the software that they were working on, where they accepted contributions. Ah. But documentation is also of a high importance uh, from another perspective because if you would like to have to get contributors, um, you have to make it as easy as possible for them to come into your project and to learn how things are working and what your project is about and how they could contribute. And therefore, you need a very good development documentation for your project because otherwise it will be very hard for contributors to really contribute to your project. Which is basically a similarity to open source again, where you have the same thing, right? Structure your code exactly. well, document well, and so on, so people can even have a chance. Exactly. 
Okay. The other important thing is um, communication. So, um, so sometimes uh, some traditional projects, I, I over-exaggerate now. So they meet in the coffee corner, five people that make decisions that nothing is written down, nothing is documented. This does not work in an inner source approach. So in an inner source approach, similar to open source, you typically use asynchronous communication, like mails, like um, messengers, Slack, and so on and so forth. You document decisions so that also people who come into the project later on see why certain decisions have been made. And this is also quite important if you start an inner source project to really change the way you communicate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and from an organizational standpoint also, is there like, uh, I don't know, um, when you kind of think of inner source as open source, what open source requires is a large pool of people who may be the ones contributing to exactly your project. Do you think inner source needs kind of a critical mass, a critical minimum size of organization before it can work? Um, yeah, I think so, indeed. So just thinking about a small startup company, I think they are anyway um, using an inner source approach because if there are if you have 10, 20 people working in this company, they anyway knowing what they do and they anyway have a good collaboration. But typically, if, if companies are growing and become bigger and bigger and bigger, maybe you also acquire other companies. And then suddenly you have these different development units. We can also call it silos. And then you need to do something in order to foster collaboration. And then inner source um, could really be a good approach. So, so you'd basically um, say inner source is one of the means that can help you deal with complexity? Yes, exactly. Okay, cool. Um, what are, what's the criticism? What, what, what are the issues that come up when you do something inner source? Yeah, the classics is, of course, um, inner source will uh, will never work within our company. So this is... Uh, yeah, okay, no, I mean the real ones, not... not the classical not, not, concern. Not. <laughs> um, now, if, if we look to uh, projects, so when we when we approach projects and, and ask them, hey, would inner source be an approach for you? Sometimes they say, ah, oh, then I get a lot of low quality contributions and, and our quality goes down. We cannot We cannot risk this. But as I said at the very beginning, you need to have a structured process how you accept contributions or reject them. And via this, um, you can manage the quality. Um, some teams are afraid of the upfront investment that is necessary. So you need to work on the documentation. We just discussed this already. You need to maybe refactor your code so that it's um, easier to understand. You need to come up with some um, automated uh, testing uh, capabilities, but this is something uh, which is for for the for the um, overall benefit of of your project, independent of becoming inner source or not. So this is really what you should do anyway, and so this is not really. Um, um, a negative thing about in our source. And we're, of course, not here to um, mostly talk about the negative things and scare people off. Uh, I just remember in our last episode, Sebastian Wolf said, uh, was it Sebastian? Or someone in this podcast said, uh, for every hour we invest, we get two hours back. I think this is a learning from, from the open source world. This might not be true for any project, but... Um, this shows, so at the end, um, a project can also benefit or should be able to benefit from an inner source approach. 
as you just said, not true for any project. Can you summarize a list of um, parameters that a project should have or characteristics to be a good fit for inner source? Um, first, first of all, we said this already, it should have a good documentation. It should have automated testing. Um, uh, you, we need some collaboration tools so that we can manage the contributions. Um, then it's, um, it's, it's, it's necessary um, that you have contributors at all. So if this uh, project is done in a very exotic technology and, and maybe in your company you have only five people who understand this technology, it's very unlikely that you get contributors. Um, what's always a good candidate is projects that are consumed by others because these are potential contributors. Um, what is also an advantage is if the project has or the software has a modular architecture because then you can much easier distribute responsibilities. And um, I, I made this bridge example. Um, other teams could contribute entire modules or entire plugins. This is an advantage, but this does not mean that more monolithic uh, projects uh, that inner source does not fit for them. So, but for uh, modular projects, it's much easier. Okay, so, these, so are some, some, these are some of the characteristics. So this is basically the call to action to everyone. Uh, check your project <laughs> if it fulfills uh, many of these criteria, and then you may want to think about going inner source. Um, what's our goal for inner source at SAP? Yeah, our goal is to make inner source the default development methodology at SAP. Um, it is clear to us that not every project can take over this methodology because um, simply does not fit for them because of the criteria that I just mentioned. Um, sometimes there are also some, some legal or contractual boundaries. Uh, because of them, you might not be able to share your source code inside the company. You must keep it confidential. This also happens sometimes. Um, but uh, for, for those projects for which it's really possible and makes sense, our goal is really to convince them to become an inner source project. So basically for everyone where there are no clear reasons against it, the suggestion is at least do part of it in our source, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. Or would you say you, you personally would want to make it the default development model? Yeah, so I, I think I've not the power to do this, but um, I'm of the opinion this should be um, this should be really the case. Become become the you know the um, inner source should become the default development model at SAP. Then here is your chance again. If you want this to be the develop the the default development model, what are the one, two, three key takeaways to now wrap this up? because we are reaching our targeted time here. What are your one, two, three things you want everyone to take away about inner source? Yeah, so um, first, first of all, if you are a project team, you're responsible for a certain tool, for a certain software. Think about inner source. Maybe this is the right methodology for you. You can get contributions. Um, you can you can get in closer contact with your consumers. You can get you can understand their requirements better, and maybe contributions help you to to um, have a faster time to market. This means to deliver your stuff in in a quicker time. So really think about think about becoming the inner source project. Vice versa, if you are a consumer of of some software that some other team does. 
Um, and and maybe you are tired to wait for for your features um, that they come. So you you put a lot, you send them a lot of requirements, but it takes a lot of time for them to realize it and to implement this due to to due to resource restrictions. Maybe you can convince them to become an inner source project, and um, you can then contribute your your stuff and get your stuff quicker. This would be number two. Um, but we have also to talk to our management. So if you are a manager and responsible for a bigger development unit, maybe uh, it's it's an opportunity or it's, it's a possibility for a unit to, to switch to inner source because via inner source, you can have a much better collaboration inside your entire development unit. You have a better utilization of your development resources. Um, and I think you can also increase the motivation because you can provide developers with the opportunity to broaden their skill set if they can contribute to other projects. And I really think that this could be a win-win situation. So this was my number three. Okay, great. Almost last word was the win-win situation or maybe even win-win-win-win-win situation for uh, quite a few roles that you mentioned there who'd benefit. Thank you very much, Michael, for being our guest today. It was great to have you here. And thanks all for listening to The Open Source Way. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it and don't miss our next episode in around two weeks. We share the, this podcast not only on Open Open SAP, you can find it in all your regular podcast channels. I don't know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., uh, etc. Et thank you all for listening in, and thank you again, Michael. Hope to hear you next time. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye.